Amen. Praise God. Well, you can have your seat. Glory to God. Uh, If you have your Bible, if you'll turn to Exodus chapter 14, we're going to start at the 29th verse. Exodus 14, 29. While you're turning there, let's thank all of our worship team, these anointed people doing the work of God. We appreciate them, every single one of them. Thank you, Lord, for every single one of them. Praise God. Amen. We'll be praying for Pastor and Mrs. Hagen. Uh, Pastor Craig, Pastor Denise, their families, be praying for all of them. And um, let's pray that God will renew and refresh and strengthen. And they're in such demand all over the world. We thank God for them. So, amen. Well, uh, Pastor Rob, he was talking about uh, uh, somebody calling him Pastor Bill, and that cracks me up. (laughs) You know, having been here for 21 years, I remember when I started here, I don't know how many times I got called Marty. And then, uh, oh man, somebody look right at me and say, hey, Tony Cook. <laughs> and Pastor Billy Joe Watts was here then. Oh man, I got called Pastor Billy Joe. Oh, I don't know how many times. I got called Pastor Billy Joe so often I would just say, hey, how you doing? I try to answer like him. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> but no, it's funny. God is so good. Amen. You're in Exodus chapter 14. We're going to start at verse 29 uh, tonight. The title of this message is, Where Do We Go From Here? Where do we go from here? Exodus 14, 29. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. And that is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. And when the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. And they put their faith in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Verse 15, chapter 15, verse 1, chapter 15, verse 1. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both the horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Slip down to verse 20. And then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine, led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced. And Miriam sang this song, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. And he has hurled both the horse and rider into the sea. Verse 22 of Exodus 15. And then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. And they traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. And when they came to the oasis of Mara, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place of Mara, they called the place Mara, which means bitter. 24. And then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. And it was there at Mara that the people set 
before them the following decree. It was there at Mara that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. And he said, if you will listen to carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands, keeping all his decrees. I will not make you suffer any of the diseases of sin on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Jehovah Rapha is what that means. And after leaving Mara, the Israelites traveled on the oasis of Elam where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees and they camped there beside the water. I'll stop reading there, but if you go on reading into chapter 16, you discover from about 1524 down through 16 uh, and verse uh, 8, five times it mentions that the people began to complain. The title of this message, as I said tonight, is Where Do We Go From Here? You know, it's been a wonderful week, and if you were here at any part of camp meeting, you know uh, the reality of that. There we were in, how many can agree with that? We were in some awesome, awesome services with the power of God moving, and people have been saved and healed and delivered and set free, and we have spent... um, Uh, In the presence of Almighty God, we have basked in his awesome presence. It has been an amazing week. Thank God. But the question now is where do we go from here? How many know Monday morning is coming? And this has been a glorious week. People have come here from all over the world. And no doubt, whatever your schedule uh, required of you, you made some time hopefully to get to camp meeting. And if you didn't. You can go right online, get right hooked up, and let the Lord feed you and bless you and immerse you in his awesome presence. Because, uh, man, the messages were so dynamic, and the presence of the Lord was so rich and filling, and um, thank God for that. But so often when believers leave a time like this, leave a setting like this, so often when it's the end of a glorious week like that, it can be a dangerous place if we're not careful. Because so often people just shrink up and shrink back into whatever they were thinking and whatever their thought processes were. And I thought Pastor Craig did a great job this morning uh, in uh, his message this morning. But the God's purpose for all that has happened in our lives this past week is not for us to go back in any way. Services like this are, I, I said this morning, school about services like we've been in are, are the intention is a little uh, like a, being on a, you know, an aircraft carrier. The, the, the way they get those planes launched into the air on such a short runway is they use a catapult system. The catapult, it, 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 it thrusts the, the aircraft into the air and enables the aircraft to, to reach a certain speed so that that aircraft can hit a certain uh, uh, a certain altitude. And so weeks like the one that we've been through, we've been catapulted in a certain, it doesn't matter where we were before we came into the week. Uh, and we're not to necessarily compare ourselves to, to where we were or where we are. Listen, we, we need to be looking at where God bought you from. How many of you, God's helped you this week? God strengthened you. God gave you his peace. How many God gave you direction? Anybody here, God healed you. God touched you. I tell you, the manifested presence of the Lord 
uh, has been among his people, and yet it's dangerous when we get to the end of the week because so many people just say, well, I guess we'll go back to what we were doing, go back to ways we were thinking. And Israel made that mistake. Coming off of such a glorious deliverance of the Lord, they were, they were, they were singing impromptu songs. They were, they were reciting psalms and hymns and spiritual songs were flowing like a river when God delivered them from the hand of the Egyptians. It was awesome how God bought them out. And we read there 1431 of Exodus how they stood, Israel stood in awe of what God had done. But then we read at the beginning of verse 22, 1522, it took them three days to forget all that. What are you saying, Brother Bill? I'm saying, how many days is it going to take you to forget what God has done for you this week? You and I ought not let anything slip of all of the great things that God has done, of all of the awesome ways he has manifested himself. Over dinner today, JP came over for dinner, and um, so he said, Dad, he said, I had such an awesome time at camp meeting. And he said, he was describing what he happened and what he received and what God did for him. And then he popped out a video. He's already got a video of when the Spirit got to moving. And I don't know, uh, uh, Brother Mark or somebody was praying for him. And somehow they captured him on video, video dancing with all his might. And over dinner, he played the video of dancing and going out and the Spirit and all that. And and I said, well, when somebody prayed for me, I fell out over on Tony and Mark Bentley fell over on her and we were down on the floor laughing uncontrollably. We had a time. And JP said, he said, Dad, I, I know where God bought me from. And he said, he said, I know what the Lord has done for me. And he said, when I was dancing, he said, you know, I got to thinking about just one year ago. You know, he only 26. He, he said, I got to thinking about just one year ago. He said, I was studying for my uh, bar exam. And he said, I'd, I'd, I'd taken the bar exam twice. And he said, I, I had to take the bar exam again. And I, I, I came to the first few sessions of camp meeting, I think Sunday night and Monday, he came to camp meeting. Tuesday, he had to go take the bar exam again last year, a year ago, you know. And so he said, I, I told the Lord, Lord, I've studied, I've prepared, I've done everything I know to do. And he went there, he drove to Oklahoma City in the peace of the Lord, and he passed his bar exam. Yeah. And he said, God has done great things for me. And he said, I know from whence I've come, and I know what God has done for me. And he said, when I was dancing this year at camp meeting, I was remembering what the Lord did for me, how God brought me through. He said, I studied hours and hours and hours and hours, but God helped me, and God brought me through. And I was saying, preach, boy, preach. <laughs> Tell your testimony. <laughs> and as a dad, you know, you love to hear that because it was so strong in his spirit. And he said, I danced with all my heart. I danced with all my might, thinking about God's goodness unto me. 
something has been embedded in his spirit that he won't let go of. It was a year ago, but he remembers it like it was yesterday. Yeah. And Israel made this mistake of constant. It took them three days. And they fell out of the, what they were in awe of God. They were standing in awe of God, of who he was and what he did. And it took them three days to start complaining. It got hot out there in the desert. And you're talking about anywhere from a million and a half to two and a half million people. They're in a desert with no water. And three hot days go by. And I don't know if it was anything like these hot days we've had recently here in Oklahoma. But if it was remotely close, they was hot. And they began to complain and they lost their sense of awe at all that God had done. And they began to forget. Go with me to Psalm 105. They made a huge mistake after such a glorious deliverance. And my brother and sister, you and I cannot afford to make that mistake. God has done some awesome things for you. How many will testify? God has done some awesome, not just this week, but the week before that and the year before that and the day, days before. God has done that. Let me see your hand. Who want to testify? God done some awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're all in the same. God is an awesome God. And I know this. God has brought you from a mighty long way. Am I right about that? God's helped you when you had no help. He's done things for you when you, when you couldn't do things for yourself. Where did I tell you to go? Psalm 105? Okay, I'm going uh, to show you my cards tonight. I'm going to show you my hand. I'm going to show you my main points here really quick. And then let's talk about them briefly. Uh, in Psalm uh, 105, all three of my main points are coming from Psalm 105. And we're going to talk about Psalm 105 and Psalm 106. And we'll share a couple scriptures from, from Acts with you and we'll be done. Um, but in Psalm 105, verse... Well, verse 5 is the one I want, but I'll, I'll start reading from verse 1. Psalm 105, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 5, but verse 5 is, is the, the reason for my first point. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength continually seek him. Now, verse 5, remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles, and the rulings he has given. And let me tell you this, my first point tonight, listen, remember what the Lord has done. Can you say say that with me? Remember what the Lord has done. Say it this way, I'm going to remember what the Lord has done. Yeah. Yes, my first point. Remember what the Lord has done. Because Israel made a huge mistake. They remembered what he did for about three days, and that was all it took for them to forget what the Lord had done. And there's danger in the Christian family anytime you and I begin to let things slip of what God has already done. I said, he's already been an awesome God. After all, he saved you and I from a devil's hell. I said, that's enough to praise him. I said, he bought you out and that's enough to praise him. I said, when Satan had his hands on you, God took his hands off of you. Amen. 
And when, when you and I were in darkness, God brought us out of darkness and he transferred us out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And that ought not ever get old. The Bible said in, in Isaiah 12, look, I'll draw joy uh, from the well of salvation. Yeah. And every day we ought to draw joy from the well of salvation. Yeah. And so, and so the scripture there said, Psalm 105, verse 5, remember the wonders he has performed. And I said, remember what the Lord has done. Think about that. Contemplate on that, what the Lord has done. I remember when uh, I first got out of college and I was working for a Christian ministry and they assigned me to Richmond, Virginia. And I got to Richmond, Virginia and I, I didn't have a car, so I rented a car. And I uh, spent all the money goes quick. I mean, the money goes quick when you're renting a vehicle. And I couldn't keep renting a car, so I turned the rental car back in, and I started catching the bus. Catching the bus where I went, waiting on the bus schedule. Y'all don't know about catching the bus. How many know about catching the bus? Well, I got a few people. <laughs> Man, I catching the bus. But I was glad to get the bus. Catch the bus to campus, catch the bus where I was going. You got to be organized. When you're catching a bus, woo, you got to have a, you, you, you got to have an organized schedule. Then I remember I was somewhere at some Christian function and this man walked up to me and he said, are you Bill Ray? I said, yes, sir. He said, I heard about you, heard you're here in town. He said, I also heard you don't have a car. And I said, no, sir, I don't have a car. He said, well, if I, he said, I got a car for you if you're not too proud. I said, well, I'm not too proud. This was 1983. He said, this car is a 1963. <laughs> 63 Falcon. Yeah. Had air conditioning. You let the window down for that. This little hole in the floorboard, that provided air too. <laughs> I was glad. I was so glad to get that car. You know why? I've been catching the bus. See, now my friends, my other fellow campus ministers, they'd been establishing ministry a lot longer. I'm just coming out of college, and that's my first car, you know. And, uh, but, but, but having caught the bus, having been at the bus stop in the heat to have your own car, man, I thought I was driving a Cadillac. And can I tell you this? There is no ride like the ride of a car that's been paid off. Oh, that thing is smooth. It can be blowing smoke out the back. That thing is smooth. Is this a Cadillac I'm in? No, it's a Falcon. <laughs> but I was so thankful. My, kid, my friends, you know, in, in good taste and fun, they'd say, man, that car, they named my car. They said, that, that car, that thing is the, it's the blue monster. And when I'd show up somewhere at a meeting, they'd say, here come the blue monster. <laughs> they said, your car is two-toned. I said, it is? They said, yes, yeah, blue and rust. But you couldn't keep me from praising God in that thing. You couldn't keep me from blessing the Lord because I knew what it was like to be at the bus stop before I had any kind of car. I wasn't riding around in Volvos and BMWs back then. I was glad to get that car. And I was so thankful for where the Lord had bought me from. And my first point tonight is remember what the Lord has done for you. You know, every now and then right here in the city of Tulsa, I take what I call a praise drive. You know what that is? I go back to every place where we lived since I moved here in 1985. 
and just pull up outside and just park. And I just daydream about the things God did for me there. I wish I had an amen in this place. I pull up to the Chardonnay apartments and I, I pull up there and, and I go over to where we uh, used to live and pull right up and look over at that apartment and say, thank you, God, because you bought me from a mighty long way. I'm so thankful for all that you did when I lived here. Brother, can't get no amen teaching like that. I said, you need to remember what the Lord has done. And after a while of praising him and, and blessing his name, I go on to the next stop. That was the Glen Eagles apartments. They changed the name now. Painted them and changed the name. <laughs> Over there by Union High School. And I pull up where I see, man, I still remember bringing Stephen, my oldest, into this apartment. And all the great things the Lord did for me here. Our neighbors from Vietnam, Pyong He and her husband and all the great things God did. Man, oh man, bring tears to my eyes. And then I remember our first house. I drive on over to 4408 South Desert Palm Avenue, pull up there, park just outside. and Thank the Lord for being so good. So over there one day on my praise drive, and I could see my neighbor's yard, Miss Musgrave. And, and I remember when the Lord told me to cut her grass. Her husband had died, and the Lord told me to cut her grass. And I never forget, uh, Stephen was, I don't know, he was about nine years old. And so I said, Stephen, you're not going to cut her grass every day. Stephen said, Dad, how come she don't cut her own grass? And I said, because she's gotten older now, and we're going to honor her. And Stephen said, okay, Dad, all right. We'll cut her grass every week. And we were out there cutting her grass, and my neighbor, my neighbor on the other side, he pulled up, he had a gray Ford F-150. He pulled up, saw us cutting her grass. He slowed down his truck and let down the window. I turned the mower off. He said, man, what you doing? What, what you doing cutting her grass? I said, oh, the Lord told me to cut her grass every week. He said, I want a piece of that. He said, I, include me. I want a piece of that. I want a piece. I want in. I want in. And I said, okay, all right. So we did it. We exchanged every other week. One week he'd do it. The next week, Stephen and I would do it. Yeah. God blessed us so much at that house. God did so many great things for us. I leave there, headed to Indian Springs where we lived on the golf course down there. I pull up out there and just look and remember what God has done. I can't testify for you. I know he's been good to you because he's good to everybody. But I can sure testify for Brother Bill. And I'm not going to let any rocks cry out for me. God, he's been a mighty good God to me. And I know when you testify, he's been a mighty good God to you. And I come on back to the house the Lord has blessed me with now. Tony and I, we always pull up, we ride around the neighborhood, and we always act like our house isn't ours. And we say, whoever lived there, those people are blessed. Ain't they blessed? They are sure blessed. Them people is blessed. (laughs) God's been a mighty good God. Remember what the Lord has done for you. Psalm 105 In verse 37, it says, The Lord bought his people out of Egypt loaded with silver and gold, and not one among the tribes of Israel even stumbled. Some versions say none of them were even feeble. In other words, the Bible says none of them were even sick. 
what we read in, in Exodus 15, 26, where the Lord said, I'm the Lord who heals you. He gave them a covenant of healing and promised them healing and demonstrated and manifested that healing to, to they say Israel is between one and a half and two and a half million people. And when they came out of Egypt, he healed all of them when they came out. There was not one that was weak. There was not one that was feeble. He healed every single one of them. And then he blessed them financially because he told them, go and ask the Egyptians before you go for gold and silver, and they're going to load you down, not because you've been so good. They're going to load you down, not because you look so cute. They're going to load you down, not because you got such a great education. They're going to load you down, not because you speak so well. They're going to load you down because I'm going to put my favor on you. God said, you go and ask the Egyptians for silver and gold. And this scripture here, Psalm 105, verse 37 says, the Lord bought his people out of Egypt loaded. They were loaded with silver and gold and not one among the tribes of Israel even stumbled. You're going to have to remember what the Lord has done for you. God has been so good to you. And when God, listen, you, this, this second point here is stand in awe of what he has done. When they came out of Egypt, they were loaded down with silver and gold. God healed them all. Not one of them was feeble. They were remembering what the Lord has done. They were singing songs. They were quoting promises. And, and, and so they were telling the story of what God had done, and they were in awe of who he was and what he was doing. Remember what the Lord has done. Stand in awe. This is the second point. Stand in awe of who he is. Say that with me. Stand in awe of who he is. We've had an awesome week, but as people, we forget so easy what the Lord has done. And I challenge you to remember, to write it down, what God has said, what you got out of different messages, how God encouraged and spoke to you. And if you haven't, then, 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 then write down what God's been saying to you lately. If you didn't get a chance to attend, then write down what God's been saying and ministering to you lately. Oh man, stand in awe of who he is. Remember what he has done first. Second, stand in awe of who he is. Stand in awe. Something happens when we stand in awe of him. You know, Israel lost that. They lost that sense of awe. Look at, go right over to Psalm 106. Just skip over one, one psalm. Psalm 106, look at verse 7. You can see the mistake they made. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. Can you see that? Now we read, we read in Exodus 15, they were in awe. Initially, they were in awe of what he did. But, but here, the scripture breaks it down in Psalm 106. They weren't, on, they, it only took them three days. They were not impressed with what he did. And whenever the people of God, whenever a Christian loses sight with the awesomeness of God, I'll tell you the next thing that's going to happen they're going to start grumbling. They're going to start griping. They're going to start complaining. They're going to stop believing God. They're going to stop seeing as many answers to prayer. Well, I wish I had an amen. Bro, people won't give you an amen when you talk like this. The Bible said right here, Psalm 106, verse 7, our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. What was your second point? Stand in awe of who he is. What was your first point? Remember what the Lord has done. Remember what he's done. Stand in awe 
of who he is. Let me show you this about all real quick. Keep your finger there in Psalm 105. Go with me real quick. Let's run. Run up, run up to Acts with me. Acts 2.43, and then we'll read what, 9, 9.31, I believe it is. Acts 2.43, and then I think it's 9.31. Acts 2.43, talking about the early church. Somebody said, I want to I emulate the early church. I want to experience what the early church did. You know, one of the reasons they were so successful in, in, in how they, they navigated their relationship with God is they stayed in awe. They didn't forget who he was, and, and they stood in awe. They stood in awe of him. They didn't forget what he had done, and they stood in awe of who he is. Look at Acts 2, 40, 43 is our verse, but I'll read 42 and 43. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, Acts 2, 42, and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, Acts 2, 43. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Take away that deep sense of awe, I tell you what happens. Those signs and wonders start to diminish. God expects you and I to stand in awe. He's done something in your life. He's done something in my life that we should be in awe of him every single day. You say, what has the Lord done for me? Did he save you? Then you ought to be in awe of that. Did he put a roof over your head? You ought to be in awe of that. Your redemptive realities of where you are seated in heavenly places in Christ and who you are in Christ and what that means. You ought to be in awe of that. 931, look real quick. Acts 931, 931. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. That means awe. In the fear or the awe of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and it also grew in numbers. Man, you want to walk in the ministry of the encouragement of the Holy Spirit? You need the Holy Spirit to encourage you? Walk in awe of who he is and in awe of what God's done in your life. We skip over things and we forget things too easily. And so often meetings as significant as the one that you and I have experienced this week come and go with us not remembering what he's done, not standing in awe of who he is. And finally, finally, go back to Psalm 105. Let me give you this third point again. Psalm 105, verse 43. So he bought his people out of Egypt with joy, his chosen ones with rejoicing. You know what that means? My third point, don't let the devil steal your joy. And I'll guarantee you in these next three days, Satan is going to send somebody your way to try to steal your joy. At the traffic light, at the grocery store, while you're registering your kid for school or whatever you're doing, somebody's going to come your way and the enemy is going to try to rob you of your joy. But don't let the enemy put that okey-doke on you. Keep your joy. Listen, let's remember, let's remember what he's done. Let's stand in awe of who he is. And let's not let the devil rob us of our joy. Look at Psalm 106 as we close. Psalm 106. You know, it says they forgot. They forgot. You can see all the mistakes that Israel made in Psalm 106. You can see the admonition in Psalm 105 uh, not to do that. In Psalm 106, we see what they actually did. I read verse 7. They, they weren't impressed by God, Psalm 106, verse 7. But look at the, the latter part of verse 7, Psalm 106. They soon forgot as many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. They soon forgot. Can you see that? These are the same people who was jumping. These are the same people who was dancing. These are the same people who was shouting. They soon forgot. Look at verse 13. 
yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. Can you see that? Look at verse 21. They forgot their Savior. (laughs) Over and over again here it says that they grumbled, they refused to believe, they refused to go into the land that God had promised them. Over and over again they had terrible attitudes. What's your point here tonight, Brother Bill? My point to you, my brother and sister, is God's blessed us all. Whether you were at camp meeting or whether you weren't, God still blessed you. God has helped you. God has blessed you in innumerable ways. Remember what he's done for you. Remember what he's done. Stand in awe of who he is and don't let the devil steal your joy. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness tonight to all of us. Thank you for what you've done, not just at camp meeting, but what you've done in our lives. We thank you for it. We honor you and bless you and reverence you for all of your kindness toward us. Father, we remember what you've done. We stand in awe of who you are. And we're not going to let the devil steal our joy. So we give you the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.